Lecture topic: The force of true love. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salam ala ibadhi al-ladin as-tafa. Amma ba'du fa'udu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. قل إن كان آباؤكم وأبناؤكم وإخوانكم وأزواجكم وعشيرتكم وأموال اقترفتموها وأموال اقترفتموها وتجارة تخشون كسادها ومساكن ومساكن ترضونها أحب إليكم من الله ورسوله أحب إليكم من الله ورسوله وجهاد في سبيله فتربصوا فتربصوا حتى يأتي الله بأمره والله لا يهدي القوم الفاسقين صدق الله العظيم This ayat of the Qur'an Sharif is in Surah Tawbah. And among the aspects that come very strongly in this ayat is that how fundamentally important it is that the love of Allah Ta'ala and the love of His beloved Rasulullah wasallam and the love of striving in the path of Allah Ta'ala must be above everything else. Really it is the force of love that drives a person in any direction that he really goes in. If the right love is in his heart, it will drive him in the right direction. If the love of something negative in his heart, it will take him in that direction. It is a force that has no comparison actually. So the love of Allah Ta'ala and the love of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu this has to dominate every other love. Then this love will take him in the right direction. In this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala lists all the things that generally become a barrier in a person's path to getting closer to Allah Ta'ala and to getting closer to Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu These are all things which are part of day-to-day life. These are all things which are part of insan's nature that he has an attachment to them. And something that is part of fitrat, part of what is the nature of insan, that cannot be denied, cannot claim that this doesn't exist. It's there, it's part of its nature. So the love for those around one, his near and dear ones, the love for his parents, the love for his children, the love for the spouse, and let alone the love of people who are close, even things that are attached to him, that are attributed to him. There is a inborn, natural attachment to it. The love of his 
material possession. This is part of insan's nature. So this can't be denied, rejected, that this doesn't exist. It's there. Allah Ta'ala doesn't in any place command that there should be no love for anyone else at any level or for anything else also. Let alone people, but even things. Allah hasn't commanded that a person is not permitted to have an attachment to his possessions. That hasn't been commanded anywhere. That's something natural. That's in the nature of insan. But yes, what Allah has forbidden is that the love of any of these things becomes dominant. So Allah Ta'ala lists these items for us so that we don't ever fall into any confusion. قُلْ آبَاؤُكُمْ Say, if your parents, آبَاؤُكُمْ Sometimes somebody is very close to their parents. Somebody might be more closer to their grandparents. Many times it happens. person has a greater attachment to the grandparents. Because grandparents generally get more attached to the grandchildren than their old children also. So now this Abba, parents, all those who are above the parents also, the ancestors, meaning now parents, grandparents, generally that will be where a person will, generally once in a while you'll get somebody now that they've grown up in the company of their great-grandparents, very seldom. So in any case, parents, grandparents, and your children, children, then likewise below that, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, Who's going to see the fourth generation? Some, one fraction of a percentage. Then وَإِخْوَانُكُمْ Then siblings, people around. وَأَزْوَاجُكُمْ And your spouses. Now these are generally those who are closest to one. And then Allah Ta'ala says وَعَشِيرَتُكُمْ And then broadening it, your family members, your broader family, Extended family. So now these are all people that are generally very close to one. person has a close attachment to these people who are around him. And then Allah Ta'ala moves to the things that we hold dear to ourselves. And the wealth which you have earned. There's nothing just by chance in the Quran Sharif. Nothing that is just there, just because it just came away. Or just had to fill some space. Everything is very, very significant. The depth of Allah Ta'ala's kalam, nobody can ever reach that. There's no end to it. But it is something to reflect on, that Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَمْوَالُ نِقْتَرَفْتُمُوهَا The wealth which you have earned. This is also part of insan's nature. What he has worked for and earned, he shed some sweat for it. And on the other side might be something that came without any effort. Both are not on the same level of attachment. Something that just came without any effort at all. That easy come, easy go, they say. person doesn't give so much of attachment to it. And something that he worked hard for, then somebody tries to squander that, that becomes a very painful thing for him. 
But in any case, Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَمْوَالُ نِقْتَرَفْتُمُوهَا The wealth which you have earned. وَتِجَارَةٌ تَخْشَوْنَ كَسَادَهَا And those businesses in which you fear a loss. Now, where does this come in? Where you fear a loss? As far as the occasion when this ayat was revealed, this was at the time when the sahaba kiram who were in Makkah Mukarramah, were commanded to make hijrat to Madinah Munawwara. When Nabi Kareem was given the command of hijrat, and at that time it was farz, it was compulsory on every person, adult male, who was able to undertake the hijrat, it was compulsory for him to do so. If a person was unable to do it, because of whatever the circumstances were, somebody was very sick, he couldn't even travel, somebody had absolutely no means to do it, somebody was in some bondage and he was imprisoned and held back by the kuffar. So they were beyond, it was not within their capacity. But anybody who could do it, he had no choice in the matter. And it was compulsory on him. So now somebody had a thriving business, for example, in Makkah Mukarrama. As an example, that business might have been in any form. It might have been maybe a business that he was running, it might have been some animals that he had, which he was, that was part of his business, selling the animals, selling the milk of the animals, whatever it might have been. And now to make hijrat, he can't take this along. So now all this is going to be a loss. So that's the loss. But this is a principle of the muhaddithi, mufassireen, and this is a principle of the, of the science of tafsir, that the commands of Allah Ta'ala are not confined to the occasion of revelation. Rather it is for all times. It was revealed on a specific occasion, but that doesn't confine itself to it. Now, to understand it in our context, وَتِجَارَةٌ تَخْشَوْنَ كَسَادَهَا Those businesses in which you fear a loss. Now, to understand it in the context that we live in, it's the December month, for example, or any other month of the year which is a very, very busy time. Not something that's confined to that, any time of the year for that matter, but to understand it better, at a very busy time of the year, when at any given moment that business is full, customers are lining up outside, and now in between comes Zohar Salah, and then in between comes Asar Salah, maybe he's working till late hours now, that time of the year now, the shop is closing 8 o'clock in the night. And now comes Maghrib Salah. Now if I'm going to close the doors, and I'm going to ask customers to leave, and the Salah with Jama'ah now has to be performed. So, but then what's going to happen here? This loss? Or just at the time when now I had to leave for Salah, and there's some customer walked in, and he's somebody who's now already wanting to offload his heavy pockets, he wants to really buy quickly and go, and he's a big customer, but the Mu'azzil has already just called out, Hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah, wa tijaratun takhshawna kasadaha. Now, what does he give preference to? That business in which you fear a loss, kalamullah, Allah ta'ala's kalam, subhanallah. What is he just say business? Allah ta'ala said, what that business, not just business, but that business in which you're fearing a loss, 
Let alone now it's a quiet day now, there's no problem. Close it and go. Allah's command of Salah has come. The Muslim has called Hiyal Salah, Hiyal. Now there's a fear that now there'll be a loss in this. And what is a matter of closing those doors for a few minutes or half an hour or one hour? At the time of Hijrat, it was to leave everything and go. Never to come back. And when finally Makkah Mukarramah was conquered, even then it was not permissible for any of the Muhajireen to take up residence in Makkah Mukarramah again. That was like as if the hijrat got cancelled. Nabi Karim Salaam made dua, Allahumma amdi li ashabi hijratahum, wala taruddahum ala aqabihim. Allah, you keep the hijrat of my sahaba continuous. Don't ever let them turn back on their heels. How? Not that they're going to come away because they don't want to be in Medina Munawar. Bakkah is now conquered. Fatul Bakkah has taken place. But that hijrat was such an important aspect that that had to remain. Anybody else, no problem, they can go and stay there. But somebody who had left Makkah Mukarramah and left as part of his first hijrat, then he had to remain as part of that hijrat's land of life. So at that time, it was not a matter of come back after one hour, come back after one day, come back after one month or one year, and then we'll start it off again. No, you leave it and go for good. And those homes which you love so much, those homes which you become so attached to. And a person is living in some place for an extended period of time especially. It doesn't matter what kind of place it is, it might be a very simple dwelling, but his heart becomes attached to it. And that's what he calls home. Somebody else's mansion for him is a house. His home is where his home is. So that house and that home that has become part of him. Allah Ta'ala lists this entire, presents this entire list to us. That Nabi Akadim Salaam is being ordered, say to them, if all these things, and it doesn't, it's not confined to this, these are the things that generally become most attached to a person. That if this becomes a habba ilaykum min Allahi wa rasulihi wa jihadin fi sabili. If this becomes more beloved to you, Allah didn't negate the love entirely, that it should not ever exist. No, it's not negated. In fact, this very ayat endorses the existence of it. But it warns us that don't ever let this love dominate in the heart. If this ever becomes dominant, mean Allahi wa Rasulihi more greater than the love for Allah Ta'ala, the love for His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and the love for jihad in the path of Allah Ta'ala, at that time when the ayat was revealed, jihad in itself was not yet firm. There was no command of jihad at all yet. It was the hijrat and the migration that was compulsory which was referred to as the jihad of the time. That was the jihad of the time. Later on, the commands of jihad came as well. But at that point in time, hijrat was referred to as the jihad of the moment. Because this was what was required at that moment in time. Leave everything, forsake it. But now say, to the command of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
And you go to a place you're not familiar with. You have nothing there for you to fall back on in terms of apparent means. But the command of Allah Ta'ala is that you move. So now you move. Allah Ta'ala says that if this becomes, any of these things becomes a barrier and holds one back from this, from the love of Allah Ta'ala, from the love of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, from the love of this command of Allah Ta'ala to now undertake this jihad in Allah Ta'ala's path, Allah says, فَتَرَبَّصُوا Then await. Await what? حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِي Until Allah Ta'ala brings His command. Command of what? Mufassirin explained that this was a warning of punishment. That this draws down Allah Ta'ala's punishment. When the command of Allah Ta'ala is trampled, the love of Allah Ta'ala has become subdued, the love of things, the love of style, the love of fashion, the love of haram, that has taken over. The love of the trends of the time, the love of things Allah has completely negated and prohibited love of illicit things, love of intoxication, and love of anything that Allah is displeased with. Now that has taken over. So Allah Ta'ala says, فَتَرَبَّصُوا حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِهِ Now if you take a little, very general glance around at the ummah at large, whether around our own surroundings and throughout the world and what is the state of the ummah and then if you look at it in the light of this ayat then there's nothing to be surprised about there's nothing to be surprised about all the problems and the solutions are all spelt out in the ummah what is going to bring the problem that is spelt out so sometimes we're looking for what, why this problem came. It's spelled out in the Quran Sharif that if these things happen, the problem will come. And what is the solution? Allah Ta'ala does not guide the fasiqeen, those who are the sinners, those who come out of the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So this is itself telling us what's the solution also. That if we come out of this sinning, then we'll gain that hidayat of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala and that itself is the solution. So the crux of this ayat is that the love of Allah Ta'ala, the love of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the love of striving for the deen of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, this must be above everything else. Now just to understand this love in the light of one or two incidents of this Sahaba Ikram, to what extent was this deeply in their hearts? And how it translated into day-to-day life? How it made them react? How it made them respond? There's so many incidents, but there's one, just one incident. If a person ponders over it and ponders over and over again, it's something that is often just discussed in passing. We've heard it many times. But we've never fathomed the depth of this. Because in words it's just an incident. But to really understand that what it takes for what the Sahaba did before the command of the prohibition of 
drink, wine, alcohol. So this was consumed because it was not yet haram. And this was something that was being consumed from ever since in the Arabs. They used to be the social status of a person was determined by what kind of wine he possessed, meaning how old it was. And that made him so much more important in society. This was the extent to which this was part of their life and was flowing in their blood. So this is not something that was, nowadays people try to dismiss some haram that they're involved in. Say, no, no, I'm just a casual smoker. I'm not intoxicated. I'm not addicted to anything. So as if that has made it halal. Na'uzubillah. They weren't in any case casual. They were soaked in it. And now in that context of time, on one occasion, Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala, some other sahaba, Anas radiallahu ta'ala, who is a young boy at that time, and now this is his uncle, some other relatives, so he is busy serving them this drink. And they hear somebody calling out something outside. They ask him, go and see what's going on, what is this person, because that's how pre- in that time, any announcement to be made, used to be made in that way. Somebody would walk the streets, announcing whatever had to be announced. So somebody was announcing, so it was obvious like some important message is coming out here. Go and see what's going on. So he goes and he hears the message. Allah, inna al-khamra qad hurrimat. Allah, inna al-khamra qad hurrimat. That, take note, beware, that khamar, all intoxication, wine, drink, alcohol, this has been forbidden. Ayat of Allah Ta'ala has been revealed in uh, that all kinds of intoxication and gambling is all ha- completely haram. So this was the announcement. Now at that time, it was already being served. And this command came. So he came in. And he said, this is the announcement. When he said, this is the announcement, Allah, inna al-khamra qad hurrimat. Abu Talha radiallahu said, well, go and throw it out on the road. Now, in one moment, something that was soaked in their blood, something that they were, addiction may not be if sufficient to describe how deeply they were into it. They could not do without it. But one command of Allah Ta'ala, one announcement from Nabi Kareem Salaam side was sufficient. And it stopped in that moment. Say, well, then you take it and there's no need to now wait for tomorrow, wait for another time, wait for later. If it's haram, then this must be disposed of now, not later. Something haram must be disposed of now. How can we still be sitting with something haram? Good, throw it off. The streets of Medina Munawwara were flowing with the wine and alcohol that was being just dumped and disposed of. Because the command of Allah Ta'ala came, the announcement was made, Allah inna al-khamra qad hurrimad. In an instant. Now somebody could have said, okay, look, the command has come. But this is carrying on from years, generations. I'm 70 years old, somebody could have said. I'm 80 years old, somebody could have said. How do I just stop in one moment? 
give me three days at least. Let me just you know, get. No, no, no. Allah tell us command one moment, one instant. Now, what makes that possible? There's only one thing that can make it. Nothing else but only one thing. And that is the love of Allah Ta'ala and His Nabiya Kareem Salaam was more than everything else. There's no other force in the world that can make this happen. Absolutely no other force. No force of the law. No threat of any sort. Nothing can make it happen. It is only the extent of the love of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that in one instant something of this nature was disposed of. Khalas. Because Nabi Kareem was most beloved to them. So everything about him was most beloved to them. Everything that he said was most beloved to them. What he loved was what they loved. And if he disliked something and if he prohibited something, that was it. There's no ifs and buts about it. There's one incident in the hadith. Just to understand the Sahaba Ikiram and how deep their love for Nabiya Kareem was and how committed they were to whatever he commanded. There's one incident about one Sahabi, Mughis radiallahu ta'ala. He was married to one Sahabiya Barira radiallahu ta'ala. She was a slave. And she was married off to this Sahabi. That time, this was a thing that used to happen often. People would own slaves. Slaves existing at the time. Somebody owning a slave. But now, he decided somebody else wanted to get married. So, they proposed for the slave. So, she's still the owner of the master. Uh, owned by the master. But, he got her married off. So, now she's living with her husband. But the law is, the law of Sharia is, that in that time that while she is married to somebody else, if she gets freed, because all the master will just say, well, okay, I've married my slave off to you. She got no choice in the matter. But if in that time, if the master freed her, freeing a slave was as simple as saying, I have freed you. Khalas. Even if a person said it jokingly to his gone. He said it in any way, like a person talaq, the same level that talaq is at was i'taq, emancipating a slave. Like a person blurts out the word talaq in any way, whether seriously, whether in anger, whether jokingly, people say, no, no, but I, I just was, you know, at that time overcome by anger, that's why I gave the talaq. So now because of the anger I gave it, in other words, therefore it should not be applicable. So the question is, does anybody ever give talaq because they're so happy with their wife? So that's the anger that, that's the junoon, the madness of anger which a person allowed to overcome him. But that talaq word is such a word that no matter in which condition it will slip out, that will be applicable, that talaq will fall. Likewise that attack. That's how it was. And that was all part of paving the way to remove slavery out. That there weren't many slaves left, which, which happened eventually. Nevertheless, that's a different subject. So now that's the law that if a that woman slave, if she got freed by the master, she has now the choice to remain in that nikah or to choose to now come out of the nikah. That's her choice now. Allah Ta'ala has given the choice to her. 
So it's not the husband now that can control the situation. If she chooses to leave that nikah, it's her choice. So in any case now, she was married to Muhyiddin. He was very deeply attached to her. And now in that time, her master freed her. Now they married for some time. So the master freed her. So this became her choice now. So she chose that she doesn't want to remain in this nikah. She's going. Muhyiddin, he is completely now really overtaken by the situation. He is trying to save this. He is going to this person, that person. Please help out in some way. Talk to her. Not to opt out. Eventually he even comes to Nabi Karim Nabi himself so to say intercedes on behalf of Muhyiddin. She asked Nabi Karim is this your command or is it your mashwara? It is, you are giving a, some advice or you are giving some view that look, it will be good if you do this. Or is it your command? Now what does this, now she had been so firm on this and eventually when Nabi Karim said to her, no, it's not my command. I am not instructing you. I am just putting it forward to you. That look, this is how much he is hoping that this marriage can continue. In fact, it's mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that he would be walking around the streets now trying to get somebody to help out and his tears would be flowing. Nabi Islam even on one occasion saw this and commented that on the one side, look at the love that Mughith has for her. On the other side, look at how independent she is from him. There's a lot of lessons in all this. Sometimes it's a matter of just that the heart didn't meet for whatever the reason is. Whatever the issue is, now it's a burden to remain together. Allah knows best, whatever it was. But in any case now, she opted eventually out. But at that point in time, when Nabi Karim put it forward to her, that would you consider staying in rather? So her question, her question was, is this your command? Is it an instruction? Or is it an option? Nabi said, no, no, not an instruction. But now what does this question reveal? That look, if it's your instruction, then there is no question about anything else. Regardless of what my own feelings are. Now how strong her feelings were in this case. That when she was told it's an option, that though Nabi Karim himself had wished that it should happen. But because he made it clear it's your option. So she opted out. So which shows how deep these feelings were. That she just wanted out. She couldn't remain in. But at the same time, it highlights that had Nabi Karim said, yes, it's my instruction, and all my feelings aside. All my feelings aside, what I feel, what I think, what I want, what I... Whatever it is, everything can go on one side. Your instruction can never ever be put aside. This is the highlight of this incident. The fact that she asked this question shows that this was her zeal within her heart. That if it's your instruction, then there's no question about doing anything else. Then there's only one thing to do. And that is fulfill the instruction. Now this is that force within a person. That it can put everything else aside. And it can put 
and bring the command of Allah Ta'ala in the Mubarak way of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam make that the direction of a person make that his Qibla make that his greatest objective that is unfortunately what we are far from one Sahabi came to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he asked a question when will Qiyamah take place? when will Qiyamah take place? So Nabi Kareem responded with a question. The question was, You are asking about when will Qiyamah take place? So the one lesson in this response was, that one should not be asking about things which doesn't really matter to one. It's not in one's department to fall into it. When Qiyamah will happen, that's Allah Ta'ala's command when it will happen. Allah Ta'ala has not mentioned it anywhere in the Quran Sharif. This is something that Allah alone knows. Inna Allah indahu ilmu sa'a. Nobody but Allah Ta'ala alone. Only Allah Ta'ala knows this. Allah hasn't revealed this to anyone. When Nabi Kareem Sallallahu was asked by Jibreel Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sa'a. Tell me when Qiyamah will take place. Nabi Sallallahu replied and said, Mal mas'oolu anha bi'a'alama min as-sa'il. Neither do I know and nor do you know. Only Allah Ta'ala knows. So the lesson in this was, don't fall into things that don't really matter to you. When it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Many times people now are, they ask questions, but when will Imam Mahdi come? So when he'll come, he'll come when he comes. But the question here, Nabi Sassam posed in response, what did you prepare for it? That is what we have to worry about. When Imam Mahdi will come, whenever Allah has decreed for him to come, he'll come. What have we prepared for our akhirat and when our time will come? Because when a person passes away, man mata faqad qamat qiyamatuhu. His qiyamat has started. So the qiyamat in terms of the entire mankind being brought in front of Allah Ta'ala out of their graves, that will happen in time. But the qiyamat of an individual is the moment he leaves his dunya. That's that individual's qiyamat started. What preparations have been done for that? So now that's a question for myself to ask, for each one of us to ask ourselves, what preparations I made for my own Qiyamah, which could start at any moment. So the Sahabi replied and said, that ma adattu laha min kathiri salatin wa sawmin wa sadaqatin I don't have too much of salah and fasting and sadaqah to my account as preparation for the akhirat. Now we are talking about the answer and the response of a Sahabi of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There is no imagination of a Sahabi deliberately missing some farsalah or cutting corners in deen. This is referring to the nawafil. The farz in that period of time, somebody left the farz. This was a sign of nifaq. So in any case, he's referring to the nawafil, that I don't have a very great amount of nafil salah, and nafil fast, and nafil, and sadaqah, all the faraiz, etc., all is being fulfilled, alhamdulillah. But this is not so much. But yes, there's one thing. But I have, as preparation for the akhirat, what I have, the love for Allah and His Rasul, what kind of love? That same love, that we spoke about in the lives of Sahaba. That love which put everything else aside. That degree of love and that extent of love 
which put anything and everything aside. That force of love. I have the love of Allah and the Rasulullah that I prepared that. The answer that Nabi Karim gave him, this was the most, uh, the greatest moment of happiness for the Sahaba Ikram. The answer that Nabi gave him was, Anta ma'aman ahbabta. You will be in the akhirat with the one whom you love. I mean, you love Allah, the Rasul so much, that you'll be with him. Now the lesson in this is, that this is the solution to all our issues. And to the extent that the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala comes in our hearts and lives, to that extent Allah Ta'ala's ita'at will come. To the extent that the Muhammad of Nabi Kareem comes in our lives, to that extent ittiba of Nabi Kareem will come. To that extent Durud Sharif will be part of our breathing. Now there's so much of time nowadays, people sometimes say that my screen time runs into hours. Screen time runs into hours. Doing what? Allah knows what. No need to go into that detail. But when talking about what other people's screen time, they're all meant for reflection. What's my screen time? What is my own screen time? And what is that screen time going in? And then after that, this is screen time, durood time, tilawat time, zikr time, nafil time, nawafil salah, dua time, some time to help the servants of Allah Ta'ala, some time to help the deen of Allah Ta'ala and strive for deen, no time. Everything else, no time. But screen time is ample time. How are we going to face Nabi Kareem on the day of Qiyamah when we will need his shafaat and intercession and we'll say we spent our life doing what the Yahud and Nasara were doing and admiring their way of life and getting caught up in their lifestyle and we didn't have time for Durud Sharif but we had time for serials Cereals, previously the only time the word cereal associated with something people ate for breakfast. Now I say no, this is like on the other level. You heard about cereal killers. There's also that cereal, that kind of cereal it is. The cereal killer, killing people's haya, killing people's iman, killing people's time, killing people's marriages, killing people's dunya and akhirat. They caught up on cereals. The dunya and akhirat is getting killed. So time for all these things are available, but time for tilawat is no more there, time for some zikr is no more there, time for dua, time for durud sharif or for Nabiya Kareem sallallahu No day should go past with at least the bare minimum, hundred times durud sharif for Nabiya Kareem sallallahu That's the bare minimum. But now, screen time is running in the hours, but no time for anything else. So this normally the month of Rabi'ul Awal, a lot of discussion on mashallah, on the seerat of Nabi Kareem sallallahu it is part of the dictates of Iman and the dictates of the Muhammad of Nabi Kareem sallallahu that we should be studying his Mubarak seerat, we should be discussing his Mubarak life, we should be constantly remembering the various lessons that he left for us, but they are not confined for some period of time in the year this is for throughout the year and the the outcome of this, the outcome of this should be ittiba of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and following in his Mubarak footsteps. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for a few minutes and dua
ഹബീബിക്കുന്നിമ അല്ലാ 
اللهم آتي نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله Forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Forgive the major crimes we have committed, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we disobeyed you blatantly, Ya Allah. We trampled the Mubarak Sunnah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We adopted the way of his enemies, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Forgive those major crimes of ours, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. We're making Tawbah today, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire Ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, show your maghfirat on the ummah, ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, ya Allah. Ilahu l'alameen, ya Allah. Allah, cool the heart of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahu l'alameen, by granting your forgiveness to one and all, ya Allah. Ilahu l'alameen, ya Allah, make us the true ummatees of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, all the sacrifices that he made for us, ya Allah. Allah, the tears that he shed, ya Allah. The blood that he shed, ya Allah. The hardships that he undertook, ya Allah. Allah, the hunger and the starvation that he had bore, Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, the difficulties upon difficulties that he had to, Allah, he was made to suffer, ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, ya Allah, we have shown no appreciation for all this, ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, you've shown scant regard for all this, ya Allah. Allah, forgive us, ya Allah. Forgive us, ya Allah. Full of our hearts with the true love of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Make his love above everything else for us, ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, enable us to appreciate his his great sacrifices that he made, Ya Allah. Allahu l'alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us such love, Ya Allah, that moves us towards his ittiba, Ya Allah. That makes us follow him in every, foot, in every aspect of life, Ya Allah. That we follow his mubarak footsteps, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from all the things that you are displeased with, Ya Allah. Grant us a topic of doing that which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alameen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the strength of iman, Ya Allah. With the strength of yaqeen, Ya Allah. With taqwa, Ya Allah. With inabat and ruju ilallah, ya Allah. With khashiyat, ya Allah. With tawazu, ya Allah. With all the noble qualities of iman, ya Allah. Ilahu l'alameen, ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, ya Allah. Allah, those in any difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Grant the best of dunya and akhirat to each one, ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's rizq, ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib rizq filled with barakat, ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, put the hatred of sin in our hearts, Ya Allah. Put the hatred of all the evils in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, put the love of the Quran Sharif in our hearts, Ya Allah. Put the love of Salah in our hearts, Ya Allah. The love of Zikr and Dua in our hearts, Ya Allah. The love of Deen, Ya Allah. The love of the A'mal of Deen, Ya Allah. The love of the efforts of Deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect us from all the sins and vices, Ya Allah. From all the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. The sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah. The sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Cleanse and purify our hearts out of every sin, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with all the noble qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, all who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's dies needs, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove the sorrow, the grief, anxiety, Ya Allah. The depression and tension, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with itminan and sukoon, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the understanding, Ya Allah, that itminan is in your obedience, Ya Allah. Sukoon is in your zikr, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, bless us 
bless our hearts with your remembrance, Ya Allah. Bless our lives with your remembrance, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Remove us from the ghaflat, Ya Allah. Remove us from the ghaflat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. How we are going to face Nabiya Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, on the day of Qiyamat, when we will need his intercession, Ya Allah. We'll need the water of Kosar from his Mubarak hand, Ya Allah. And if we appear in front of him in a way, Ya Allah, that we have been following his enemies, Ya Allah. We abandon his Mubarak way, Ya Allah. And we embrace the way of his enemies, Ya Allah. How will we face him on that day, Ya Allah? Allah, save us from the disgrace of that day, Allah. Give us a topic of embracing his Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Enable us to abandon the way of his enemies, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant us afiyat in every aspect, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in deen, Ya Allah. Afiyat in dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Make the children the coolness of the eyes of the parents, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make parents compassionate and kind to their children, Ya Allah. Allah, unite families, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Parents and children, Ya Allah, of families, Ya Allah, of the Ummat of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, unite one and all of the Haq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all that we have asked for, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. What we should have been asking for, Ya Allah, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min shadi masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi ma'in wa alhamdulillahi